You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. In the Land of a Thousand Gilts and Poured Cement by Take Me Somewhere Nice on AO3. Looking back, Olivia should have realized that the coffee cart lady was shady. She and Elliot had been arguing on the street corner, a disagreement over the way he spoke to a suspect's wife. She assumed he was going through something with Kathy over Eli, and he was projecting. He acted like an ass either way. The woman inside the coffee cart waved them over to her plexiglass and gunmetal box. There was something almost ethereal about her. She appeared to be in her thirties and dressed in a comfortable but flattering black button-up jumpsuit. Her skin was pale olive and glowing, and her hair was arranged in a halo of dark caramel ringlets. She didn't look like she belonged in that tiny booth on a downtown corner, slinging drinks and pastries. Then again, it was New York. She could have been an aspiring actress or model or anything, really. What seemed important at the time was that she was there and they needed coffee. So, a lover's quarrel? The woman had asked in an accent that Olivia couldn't quite place. Elliot's eyes narrowed slightly, probably only noticeable to her. No, ma'am. Two large coffees. Cream and sugar, please. The woman placed two blue paper cups on the counter and poured steaming coffee from a shiny black carafe. Special for you, she said, as she slid the drinks to the edge with a carton of cream and packets of sugar. Olivia prepared their cups while Elliot fished five dollars out of his wallet and handed it to the woman. She seemed weird to you, Elliot asked, when they were out of earshot. Olivia shrugged, a little out of place. They sipped their coffee as they walked back to the sedan in silence. I don't like your haircut. It comes out of nowhere, and Olivia stares at Elliot over the roof of the car. I don't think you're in a place to judge haircuts, seeing as you barely have any, she counters. There's no way around it. It comes out cutting, rather than teasing, and she slaps her hand over her mouth. I didn't mean to say that, she says, muffled by her palm. It's not an apology. Elliot sets the cup on the car and holds up both of his hands like he's showing her he's unarmed. I, I didn't either. They both look at their coffees and back at each other and turn to retrace their steps to the coffee cart. When they arrive, there's a stocky man with a mop of dark hair in the booth. What can I get you? Where's the woman who was just here? Elliot asks. He projects his usual air of authority, but she senses the anxiety coming off him and waves. She sold us these coffees no more than five minutes ago, Olivia adds, holding up her cup. You too crazy? I've been here all day. Ain't no one else here but me. Olivia's head spins and she turns around, dropping her cup in the nearest trash can. Elliot takes another sip before he does the same and she glares at him. What? He shrugs. It was good coffee. I can't believe you sometimes. And, well, she thinks she would have said that, truth coffee or not. Elliot jams his hands into his coat pockets and turns to face her. 
What do we do now? We can't interview anyone like this. We can't go back into the precinct. At best, they'll think we need a psych eval, and at worst, Munch will play us like a couple of pawns. And I don't think I should go home. Olivia raises her eyebrows. Keeping a lot of secrets from your wife? Yeah, he replies, his voice dropping to its deepest register. I am. Nothing good can come from going down that path, so she leaves it alone. Let's go to my apartment and try to look it up online. Elliot looks dubious, but doesn't seem to have any other suggestions. They fall into step on the path back to the car. What's your problem with my hair anyway? He shrugs. I liked it long. She bites her lip to keep herself from saying more. Doesn't want him to know that he was on her mind when the hairdresser made the first snip. She'd cut it off on a whim, a sudden, pressing need to change things up. When they get inside the car, Elliot turns on the radio and Olivia switches it to an AM news station. Talking heads are safer than music, she figures. Cragen's expecting us back, Elliot says. We can't even call in. Olivia has an idea. She flips open her phone and punches in a text message to Elliot. Everything's fine, it reads. I just said something that wasn't true to you in a text. Elliot huffs out an incredulous laugh. So we found a loophole because magical truth spells predate the technological era? She shrugs. She'll take it if it means she can send a message to Cragen about running down a lead across town and hopes that he doesn't ask too many follow-up questions. I told Cragen we're heading to Sheepshead Bay. That should buy us the rest of the afternoon. Elliot nods, and they stay quiet for the rest of the drive to her building. It's a relief when they get inside her apartment without running into any neighbors. She drops her keys on the counter. I'd offer you a drink, but water's fine, Elliot grunts. He takes a seat on her couch and spreads out the way he always does. He looks around her space, taking stock, and she realizes he's not there very often. It became a boundary, a line that was drawn at some point early in their partnership. She was invited into his home often enough. She attended the kids' birthday parties but skipped the holidays, while he mostly stayed out of hers. She could leave it alone. She should leave it alone. What are you looking at? She doesn't. You read all those? He gestures to the rows of books that fill the base of her TV stand. Most of them. He nods. I don't get a lot of time to read these days. The words slip out before she can stop them. I wish I had that problem. His eyes bore into her, and she doesn't meet his gaze when she sets his water glass on the low table in front of him. She didn't want to talk about it before, and she doesn't want to talk about it now. She settles at her computer desk, leaving him on the couch. Normally, he'd stand behind her and peer over her shoulder, close enough that she could feel his breath on her ear, but he stays where he is. They need physical distance right now, with everything so close to the surface. She opens the web browser to the default search engine. What do I even search for? 
Magic Truth Coffee, Elliot suggests. Coffee Cart Witch? Jesus, she's going to need to delete her search history when they're done. She types the words in the box and clicks and scrolls until she comes across the tour as a message board post that describes a similar situation. One of the respondents has posted a link to a website about spells and enchantments. She clicks on it and scrolls through to the sections on potions and clicks on truth serums. There's nothing about coffee, specifically, but another phrase jumps out at her. Lover's quarrel. The page loads and she starts to read it out loud. The lover's quarrel spell will force fighting lovers who consume the potion to speak only in truths. The spell can only be broken when the quarrel ends and all truths are laid bare. Fuck, Elliot says. What does that even mean? All truths are laid bare? We were fighting about the case, and the fight ended. Olivia stands up and paces the room. From the corner of her eye, she sees Elliot cradle his head in his hands, scrubbing his palms over his face. Did it end, though? We just dropped it. All right. He gestures to the armchair. Let's talk about it. She drops into the chair and mirrors his wide stance. You were projecting your feelings about Kathy onto Stephanie Perry, she accuses. May as well cut to the chase. Fine, you're right, I was. Great, is that it? Is the spell over? She thinks up a simple lie, and she can't force herself to say it out loud. After a deep breath, she continues, What's going on at home? She watches him carefully consider his words. It's harder this time. It's like we're starting all over again. Kath wants me around to help out more. So yeah, I projected on the suspect's wife. Biting her tongue has become second nature lately, so it's easy to deflect. I think Cragen would understand if you didn't pick up the extra shifts. But would you? Olivia wants to act indignant, but it's the truth when she says quietly, I want what's best for you. God live. He leans back, tilting his head up to the ceiling. What? Elliot pushes his hands down on his knees, and then it's his turn to pace. I don't... What? She repeats. I don't want you to work with anyone else. It's nothing new. She knows that he's possessive of her. She knows that she allows it. She knows that she likes it. She doesn't think about why. It's one of the reasons she'd kept her relationship with Kurt from him. Still, saying the words out loud skates along their boundaries. You can't be in two places at once, though I might have seen a spell for that on the website, she jokes. If you can find that coffee cart witch again. It's meant to lighten the conversation, but it's a problem, because she starts to think about what it would be like to have two of him, and she can feel the flush rise in her cheeks. Elliot stops at the desk, pressing his hands to the surface, mercifully not looking at her. Interesting how we can still talk in circles when we're incapable of lying. We've had a lot of practice. He turns to her then. 
We have to break the spell, Liv. He's right, but there's nothing else she wants to say. I think I've said enough. Not according to whatever bullshit magic potion we drank. He pushes off and resumes pacing. Olivia stands up and moves to the kitchen to put a physical divider between them. It feels safer, somehow. Fine. Ask me a question. He thinks about it for a moment. What happened at Sealview? She swallows around the sudden lump in her throat. Anything but that. Finn got there in time. Should have been me in there with you. I wouldn't have let you out of my sight. Going undercover with a newborn at home? Kathy would have killed you. Finn had my back. She snaps. I tried to get you out sooner. I was fine. She can say it, so it must be true. She was fine. Until she wasn't. I know you believe that, Liv, but I know something happened that isn't in the case report. Her breaths become quick and shallow as panic squeezes her chest. She isn't far enough from that basement yet to talk about it. Elliot, she warns. He stares at her for a long moment before relaxing his posture. Are you okay? Not really. Elliot clenches his jaw and his fists. He isn't even facing her. She can tell from the set of his shoulders. Did he? No. His shoulders relax again, and she continues. I have nightmares. Does Moss know about it? It shouldn't matter to him, but of course it does. Not in any detail, but he helped. Having someone there when I woke up helped. Elliot sighs and turns toward her, extending an arm to lean against the support column behind the couch. I'm sorry it didn't work out with him. She laughs, but it's humorless. A detective and a journalist? It was never going to work out. Then why did you go out with him? Because he seemed like a good guy, and he was reliable, and he really liked me, and I needed that. He shrugs. You've got me. Not in the way I need. I wouldn't be so sure. His face falls after he says it, a confession he didn't want to make. You can't say things like that, Olivia whispers harshly. I think you're forgetting that I can't not. She squeezes her eyes shut, frustrated that they've been forced into this situation. She never wanted to know. Aside from one brief moment, months ago, Embraced against his solid body and still buzzing between her ears from the adrenaline high, she has never allowed herself to wonder what could have been. Do you ever think about it? she asks. Elliot waits a moment for her to continue before he realizes she won't. Do I think about what? What if? What if? he pauses. What if I'd gone after Gatano? What if I hadn't been scared that I'd lose both you and my family? 
What if I hadn't signed the divorce papers right before the holidays? What if I hadn't searched for solace in the familiar? She's done the math. She didn't mean to, but it's force of habit for her to try to piece things together. She knows the Bryce case hit him hard. She knows that Eli was due about nine months later. She knows that they weren't on solid ground then. She knows that they needed more time. She makes her own confession, directed to the floor. I would have waited for you. Together, they are victims of circumstance, guilt, and consequences. She can tell the spell has been lifted without testing it. She lifts her eyes to seek Elliot's, to see if it's the same for him. He blinks at her, long and slow. What do we do now? His voice is raw. Olivia stands, retrieves his coat from the arm of the couch, and hands it to him. You go home to your family, and you do your best. She watches as he puts it on, all strength and swiftness, even in his hesitance. She has always admired the efficient way he moves. And what about you? He asks. I am home. She says it to his long chin and glances up to meet his bright blue eyes again for only a second. Olivia. He squares his shoulders and tilts his head up, looking down his nose at her. She breathes in his end-of-day scent, faded cologne, city dust on his coat, and a faint hint of sweat. The collar on his coat is flipped up, so she reaches out and straightens it. Her hands linger on his chest for a moment before she lets go. We keep moving. Elliot inhales sharply through his nose. She turns away first. Doesn't wait to watch him return to his life. She's had her fill of truth serum for a lifetime, but she pops the cork on a bottle of Cabernet and pours herself a glass anyway. There's an Edith Wharton biography that she's been meaning to read, so she pulls it from her bookshelf. For a few hours, she loses herself in someone else's story. Before she falls asleep, she imagines herself in France, in Paris, the countryside, and the Riviera, and hopes that Lowell Harris won't find her there in her dreams. She could take time off, get on a plane and see it for herself, she doesn't give too much thought to the reason she probably won't. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.